Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks The movie appreciation podcast that plays favorites I'm Carl And I'm Max And we're... Did I get it? Neighborhood. I realized just before you called me in that I didn't have that written down anywhere. It's been Dude. three weeks. I know. It's that's that's every episode now. Where it's like, well, we used to do this show like a year ago. How hard could it be? <laughs> How hard could this be? And uh, before that... we had like a planned intro and like I know. Hey man, lines look, to learn. We're here. We got mics in front of us. We're talking about. I'm excited. I uh, me too because listener, we are kicking off probably our favorite month. Of any given season that we can make it all the way through, this and the world westerns I think are my two favorite. Yeah, I'm of a, the of the months. Sometimes when we get into like the Criterion months, where like suddenly mm-hmm. we're watching a shitload of masterpieces back to back, that can be pretty cool. But yeah, there's a certain there's a certain flavor to what we're mm-hmm. gonna talk about. We're starting our <laughs> discussion up today. It is we're jumping in the cage with our first in like two or three years, our first annual. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Again, F- favorite actor? Maybe. Might I think be my so. favorite and fucking I'm actor. Not even like it as a joke. No, because yeah. we've been digging into the goofy ones, like the one we're going to talk about today. Right. It's not necessarily the deepest performance of any actor that has lived. There's moments, but the though. next, but the next movie that we talk about, oh yeah, absolutely does. So there is a range there, baby, that I love because it's goofy. I mean, he fits into any fucking like it's, role. It's what I love about even him. if he's playing, even if he's playing Nick Cage, which most of the time he is. One of the movies we'll he's... be talking about, he literally is playing himself, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Absolutely playing himself. <laughs> yeah, but like, you no, know, I, I, you're. That's exactly what it is. Is you get so many flavors in a bag of Nicholas Cage jelly beans. You know, you get mm-hmm. like fucking raisins. Sometimes Arizona. there's a vomit. <laughs> Flavor one, they're definitely birdie bots. Every they're every birdie bots for beef. sure. They're not jelly bellies. Yep. So there's like my some of my favorite flavors are like you can never ask me to stop drinking, and then one of yeah. the other great one is not the bees, little honey mm-hmm. flavored with some bee venom mm-hmm. in it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But dude, like one of my favorite things about the movie we're gonna talk about today is while I was watching it, I had to watch this one a couple times. Partly because there is a chunk in the middle where it just like all the the momentum falls out the bottom. And yeah, well, after they land the first time, yes, when they get to Learner Field, bro, I'm just like, all uh, right, one, two, skip a few, cops show up. Like, you really need to. The only time this movie's interesting is when that bird is wheels up, man. Otherwise, it is a snooze fest. There's a great. I'm I'm with you actually. That's something we can talk about. The there is one cool shootout. It's when they're trying to escape Learner Field and they get the cops funneled into that. Yes, that shit, man. They just blew up every. We'll car talk they about it proper, find. but I get so lost in the fucking action in this movie, man. I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> but once the action starts, you can't look sh- away. Yes, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. I don't care who is. We'll talk about. It. Let's, yes, we will. Let's, we dig will. In, let's dig into this thing proper. We'll dive right in. So we've been alluding to it. Uh, you can you can probably guess just because it's about something that's flying around in the sky. But today we are talking about 1997's the, probably the I'm gonna say the best film made that 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 century probably 1997's the century that was 1997. <laughs> yes, dude, it did kind of feel like it lasted forever. All right, 1997's Con Air. 
In a world where I can't figure out how to put clean audio for movie trailers into my podcast anymore, one man has decided he's just gonna make up a fucking trailer for you. It's Con Air, the story of Nicolas Cage's fantastic hair, blowing in the wind, getting all sweaty, getting dry again. He shoots winks, he shoots cons. He shouldn't have this many guns accessible to him because he's on a plane filled with violent criminals and the dude whose plane it is tells us frequently that there are no guns on the plane except for all the fucking guns on the plane. It's caught air! In a world where gas prices are only a dollar three a gallon or a buck oh eight for premium, I'm pissed off, but that's not the point. The point is, Nicolas Cage is roundhouse kicking all sorts of Oscar winners right in the sack on their flight to Laverne and Shirley Airfield, where shit's gonna explode and shit's gonna crash and people are gonna die. Crazy awesome score filled with forgettable music that I'm not even sure if this film has a score, but it's not important because Nicolas Cage is coming for you. Cyrus the Virus played by Oscar winner and occasional sleepy phone it in guy, John Malkovich. Serial murderer, Garland Green played by Steve Buscemi? Buscemi. Steve Buschetti, also featuring the acting talents of Danny Trejo's tattoos and fabulous fucking mustache, as well as Ving Rhames' comedic sense of comedy. Dave Chappelle's also in this. Uh, there's one other guy too, but I like forget his name at the moment. It's hard to do these trailers, no wonder they value them so highly. Anyway, Con Air! I love that. I, you don't Thank often you. hear have like, a pleasant flight. Uh, and also, you know, I know these are a lot of uh, very attractive people you're watching here, but uh, directing is hard too. And the guy who did that was Simon West. Simon West. Let's get his name out there. I and, always think this is because it's a Bruckheimer barn fire. Um, it, I always feel like, <laughs> I always think that this is um, like Michael Bay or one of the other very bloated action directors it, it feels, of the era. It feels like a Michael Bay. Well, that's why it was kind of the same thing. Like a lot of like Spielberg produced movies feel like Spielberg movies. Cause you know, yeah, because the pro- they're Rockheimer and Spiel, they get their fingers in the pudding. It's yeah. like, um, what's that movie that was actually directed by it's the Toby Poltergeist. Hooper. Poltergeist. Yeah, Poltergeist. Yep. Everybody forgets that that's a Toby Hooper movie. Cause it just yep. smells a lot. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, we should do that movie at some point because man, I'd the back, the history of that franchise is horrifying. There's some real shit that went down that's Truly. like, it's like yeah. feel your eyelids back horrifying. Akin like, to the Exorcist franchise, like that yeah. level of... I think worst, it, worse than... So many in, people in die. Some so many, like, poltergeist tied cursed, people. man. It is true. I mean, maybe... The entire fi- family except beside the parents, all the kids, like, end up dying horribly. Well, I mean, have you ever seen, like, if you watch The Little Rascals, though, you know, you watch that and you're like, I wonder yeah, what okay. happened to them. And then you look oh, at the history yeah. and it's like, <laughs> every single one of them met a horrid end. <laughs> I, Drugs I, and I realize there's a, there's a very important uh, rule to live by, where if you aren't sure that a child actor has survived, like, if they don't, if you haven't seen them in anything recently, yeah. don't look up their fucking, their fate. don't look them up. No. Don't look them up. 
like one in one in 40 became like a producer or something or right. just decided to not act anymore now they own a farm in Oregon or something <laughs> I mean, they're making organic wines but in Washington like, state yeah, dude, yeah. like 98% of them like they were shooting heroin <laughs> in their eyeballs and in Australia. died horribly and yeah. they were like half eaten by a shark and lived for mm-hmm. years on life support it's literally like that 1% yep. became adult Terrifying, actors who man. are good Joseph Gordon-Levitt Maybe yep. the, he might be the only one actually. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She yeah. all dude narrow missed them. Almost. She that had some years. She skipped the pond. <laughs> that she was the rock that was, made it to the other side. That was a touch and go. She had to jump yep. over the plane that was landing in her face. I I am still like because I was her age when ET came out. Yeah. Had a crush on her in ET. Mm-hmm. I still I've had a I've had a crush on Drew Barrymore your entire for life in forty fucking years, man. Yeah. Since yeah. Firestarter, you know, like. Do you, Man, that's an interesting one that they're remaking too, eh? Firestarter. Yeah, they remade. Yeah, it's already done. I sorry, I, think I, so. I heard a blip about it for a couple months ago, and I haven't, I haven't looked it's into it. It's one of those that but... got pooped out of one of the subscription service. Oh, Netflix one of those, like Prime, the, I think, though. like the remake of Pet Cemetery, which is literally like a one star on, yeah. like a one Rotten Tomatoes, one percent. Um, this one actually, you know, okay. So first things first, let's just let's. Let's talk about the cast. We'll get through yeah. the cast, and then we'll do our initial responses to it. Yeah, dude. I feel like we, I feel like we mostly agree about this movie. Um, I think so. This movie has an insanely good cast, by the way. So here, just so directed by Simon West, starring Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, John Cusack, Cole Meany, who plays a real meanie in a movie. Yeah, he is a real meanie. He is not your Chief O'Brien in oh, this particular no, film. No, also a fucking moron. Like oh, it fu- the biggest oh fucking idiot! Oh my god, dude! So many times <laughs> he's one he's one brain cell away from being the Keystone Cop. He's in essentially this. he's like the he's like the captain in every single cop movie where a, like a good mm-hmm. detective gets chewed out, where he's just like, we need more. We got this. Oh, man, but he he's falls into the, that. He's given the tools to solve the problem a hundred times, and then he's just like, fuck yourself, what do you love, yeah. the pandas? And you're like, wow. So we're gonna get some, uh, fucking Duncan Malloy, Agent Duncan, mm. He, mm. he falls into that same problem that I have in Die Hard with uh, Deputy Dwayne T. Robinson, where they're too fucking stupid they're, they're too yeah. dumb like the they, it's like they take hard ass to a level where it's it's it totally no unbelievable makes, and drags it yeah yeah it no longer even makes down. sense like this person would have been fired they yep. never would have even made like lieutenant you know what i mean no <laughs> no all right uh, continue with the cast yes right. uh ving rames dave ship ving rames is aw- he's in both the movies we're going to talk about uh today yeah fucking, that was a surprise he's awesome in both of them um yep. dave Chappelle, rachel tick Ticotin? Sorry if I got that one wrong. Uh, Steve Buscemi, who is truly the best part of this movie, period. End of statement. He saved the third act. Saved it, dude. Like, I, I would have. I don't think I would have made I was it through. Check the fuck out. I was yeah. checked out. You and I would have been like, well, the first half of this movie, and then I don't know what happened after that. But Garland Green you stick shows around up and you're like, for fucking Garland, dude. You're like, uh. <laughs> His his dialogue is impeccable. Yes. J.J. Abrams did a dialogue pass on this script, and I'm wondering if the Garland lines are his because they've got that little touch of, like, J.J. Abrams yeah. humor where mm-hmm. it's real kind of soft and subtle, but it, it, it's got some bite in the tail. I like right. Steve Buscemi's line, lines a lot. Danny Trejo in one of the most abominable characters we've seen in a I hate long Johnny time. 23 so fucking much, dude. And this, I almost thought, because Danielle was watching this with me, I'm like, ooh, 
I don't remember if Johnny actually gets like it, all the way close. with Sally Bishop. That like, end very is, close. That ending is dicey. When they have yeah, their dude. like final encounter, there was a couple mm-hmm. moments there where I was like, and well, she stepped away. Two, I think she went to the kitchen and like got a beverage or, or something, something when that was at. Yeah. To, to the cinematographer's credit, too, when when it comes to that scene, even though they show nothing, the hidden like the the angles that they pick to depict, you can tell what he's doing, which mm-hmm. is like un, undressing the guard, but um. The, the angles they shoot it at are so suggestive that it's almost worse than seeing it. I it kind of is. It's I, that whole your brain is putting the pieces together. Right. Like our imagination is so much worse than what they could possibly show right. legally and keep it in an R rated movie. You love Danny Trejo, but man, Johnny Twenty. I don't in this, and awful. I loved it. Oh, God, this. Oh, we'll talk about Danny Trejo too, I hope, because that's one where. Your, my introduction to Danny Trejo was Desperado, and he's a bad guy. He almost doesn't say any words in Desperado. Right, right. Just the knife-throwing assassin. Right. And the, But then you like, I love this dude. He's like a teddy bear. Like, the real Danny in Trejo real life, is just yeah. like this incredible human being. He's, he went through a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, he like, really honestly he did went, time. He was like, yep. he was in a gang, he was a gang member, and then he started a lot of, like, um, like he while he was inside he helped a lot of other prisoners and mm-hmm. like he's helped gang members get out of the life and yep. he's a super nice guy still, and he's tiny I think he too. was still connected to to whatever organization that he was a part of while they were in Desperado and that was the whole thing of of uh not Quentin um Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez. like like dude you're awesome let's Let's get you the fuck up out of here. Let's get you out of this life and get you into so, Hollywood. Um, yeah. I, Bird and I were kicking around the idea of doing like a little sidebar Danny Trejo Appreciation Month for Patreon. Just watching. Oh, hell some, yeah. Just you know, like Bird and I, because we've got, we have a little more time nowadays because we're yeah. not going anywhere. So I was like, we and we both love Danny Trejo and seeing him is a delight. The last one, I was trying to remember the last one you and I did that had him in it. I think it's Halloween, Rob Zombies. Yeah. I was good to you, Michael. you, Michael. Oh, just tears your fucking heart out. <laughs> but also, you love it for uh-huh. Danny Trejo because how yep. much fun would that have been? Um, also, okay, so we got even more people. We got Jesse Borrego, yep, sure Monica Potter, Landry Albright. Speaking of child actresses, she actually does really cool and good work at the end of this movie when she she like goes and hugs Nicolas Cage, meeting yep. her father for the first time. I was truly impressed by it. She cannot be very old in this movie. No older than 10 for sure. No, like maybe 8, eight yeah. 10. Yeah. And then last but not least, as Swamp Thing, always a delight, MC Ganey. Oh, not last but not least. We still have McKelty Williamson. We get freaking uh, Bubba. Bubba Gump. Oh, right. I skipped him because of his Bubba. Yeah, McKelty Williamson. I have him as McKelty Bubba Williamson. I originally had him as McKelty, I can't feel my legs, Williamson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny because of the whole, like, the whole first, uh, like, scene in this movie, I'm like, is that fucking Bubba Gump? You know what I? I did not. Is that Bubba? I'd never look up anything till I finished the film. I did not know it was him until the scene at the end where he's laying on the ground. He goes, "I got a feeling like I ain't gonna make it," and I was like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Bubba!" Bubba. And he's dying again. This blows. Just he doesn't have any luck, man. I know this is, but isn't it kind of? Isn't it kind of nice because in a way it's like alternate universe Bubba, and this Mm -hmm. time he lives. Yes. Oh. All right. So Carl. Initial responses to Con Air. Talk to me, Goose. All right, dude. So this is Oh, speaking of, of Goose. Those... Sorry. I uh Oh no. Oh, I saw your eyes light up. You the, saw Maverick. It, it's no, I haven't seen Maverick oh. yet. Don't spoil me. But I did just recently watch um Top Gun. And I remembered the Bruckheimer 
Top Gun controversy where one of his, I believe it was a camera person on Top Gun, died when their camera plane crashed into the ocean. Yeah. This yep. film also had a crew member die when a rigged stunt plane land crashed on them. Yep. So that's two. I don't know. It was just a weird connection. I saw that in the trivia today, and then I remembered the Top Gun thing, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. dude, Bruckheimer's I got two like flicks." I feel like there was. I feel like there was a, a serious injury or death on Maverick too. Was there? I think so. Uh, I don't action remember if movies, I saw. Action movies are no. Well, joke. anytime you're sending up real aircraft to do things at speed and like in real proximity with, because you have to remember, if you're seeing six planes in the air. There's right. a seventh, eighth, or ninth one that are also there. Filming. That are filming everything. Right, right. And that's a lot of coordination, man. I, it's the that's fact tight that there airspace. aren't more. Yeah. Well, shit. It's like, mm. we, we just We just got done it's watching wild. the Blue Angels, too, because we just mm-hmm. had uh, Cherry Fest just hit. So we watched, right. we watched the air show. And seeing those, having just watched Top Gun, mm-hmm. man, that was impressive. I, you know, I, I know a lot of people, and I don't like that they make the dogs anxious, and they are loud no. as fuck, but... It's never fails to just impress the hell out of me. I love the Blue Angels. I dig it. I love I, it. I dig every time they're there. It's like my Navy pride goes off even if I'm not happy with the fucking what's through the fence. Aviation, bro. I just like watching planes fly around. Yep. That's all. It, yep. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> um. All right. Sorry. No, I interrupted Initial, you. Initial right. responses. Yeah, dude. So, listen. Lay it on me, Carl. I've owned this. I've owned this film on three different um, formats: VHS, mm-hmm. widescreen edition, of course, because Ob- I'm not an animal. Obviously, DVD special edition, and like a two a two for Blu-ray, right? I keep waiting for the Criterion, so, but <laughs> I fucking I fucking hard loved. I love this movie so much, dude. I really do, and not and not like jokingly. Like yeah. all jokes aside, like. It is the perfect example of that late 90s, just over the top. Like they're ringing every single ounce of pyrotechnic stunt work, cars, planes, fire, the whole, and it's ridiculous. Yes. It's Looney Tunes and Die Hard on a plane. It's a cartoon, dude. Absolutely. If for one second you try to, you try to take this apart as being grounded in any part of reality at all. For one, Cameron Poe is hitching a ride on a maximum security. Fucking, well, what the? Just, they would just dri- they would just drive him to where he needs to go. And actually, the fact that he's being released, they would just release him from prison. And like, Kick either you have door. a ride or you don't. They like, don't give a shit. Give yeah, zero shit. Nope. He's at the front so, gate with his bags. That's how so they're that gonna works. give him a free ride and the fucking. And the state cares so much about him that they're going to make bring his <laughs> wife in and, and like counsel her and like take her around with them. Well, so the okay, point I'm the, trying to make that part I did find believable because they weren't going to pick her. She was just waiting at the airport to meet him right. and they came and got her once they figured out that he was an active um, he's in an active situation on this plane. They go and get her and right. they're like, hey. We, I, a situation I think up. that Cusack calls for her because he wants to know more about this. About him. Which makes sense. And not from his file either, but, but. He, he wants the personal <clears throat> info about this guy. It's weird because so Bird and I are watching Daredevil season two and we just. No, no weapons allowed on the plane except for the arsenal that we have in the battle. Oh, I know. Gun. Like, why the fuck can't that guy have a gun if there's like seven crates of, of like. Well, just... that's where the whole thing falls <laughs> apart. It's like, no, you cannot have a piece on the plane. There are no weapons allowed except for the small arsenal that we have in the belly of the gun there's a, or belly a of the plane. there's a like, few hundred guns in the belly of the plane but aside from those dude how aside many, those, how many times allowed. does john cusack <laughs> say the words 
No one no one goes armed on these flights. There are no guns on this plane. Except for all the guns Except on that plane. Except for the armory. That's it's a, there's a lot of guns, dude. When, I mean, you can, like... They bust out those crates? Small militia. So At, you have enough weaponry there for, like, literally to take over a small Everyone country. gets three. There's so many in the bottom of the plane. Every convict has, like, two shotguns strapped across his back. He's got, like... An AR stuck in his pants. Like, everyone has got And hardcore. those guards on a plane, if it's that hardcore, everyone would be armed. Talk to me about how. That entire fucking. Dude, those. Everyone would be armed. The pilots would be armed. The guards would be armed. Well, there is a pistol the... in the cockpit. That's how Cyrus gets his gun. Oh, right. Because there's no guns besides the ones in the belly of the plane and also the one that's in a lockbox in the cockpit. I know. You're like, for not. There, for there being no guns in this no plane, guns on the, there's almost, an awful lot of guns. On I, this plane. I'm gonna retcon, and now I'm, I'm pretty sure that Larkin is an arms dealer. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a <laughs> this is him actually moving. But I love this movie, dude. It oh does my god, really me take too. A, it takes a nap in the middle of the second act, but that's yeah. part of the whole. That's part of the sauce, man. It's part of the. Sometimes you know you get a course, and you're like, ah, I read ah, that was a little, that was a little underdone. Sure. Oh, desserts here? Perfect. Oh my god, it's indulgent. Well, no, if it was underdone, it'd be exciting. It's it's overcooked, if anything. Man. Oh, right. It's um, a, but, I'd be like, oh my god, wanna, this chicken is pink. Let say, me take another bite. We don't want to say anything to the server because, you know, everything else has been great. You're just going to eat it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the you service... You want to get the manager to come over, and the service right. has been great. The service has it's been, been great. Know. Everything else has been fine, and also, you know, we understand that there's, like, extra stresses going on. Exactly. It's 1997. It's a restaurant. Right? <laughs> They're dealing with, you know, uh, ICP has just really yep. upended the nation. I, I have a note, by the way, about, like, the, the people that they put on this fucking plane. <laughs> so the basic premise for those of you who have never seen Con Air, which included me until, like, very recently. Yep. Is, it's a, the dumbest fucking pre- premise ever. I guess I should say I guess I should say my review. I am with you. I also love this movie. I will all, but you you have to almost say once you say the words I love this movie. But this is not a good movie, really. No, it's kind no, of a, it is not. It's, kind it's of really dumb. Dude. If if there if there wasn't a you know hundred and forty million dollar budget, this would be like fucking unwatchable. It might be better though. It might be like or better like Roger knows, Corman's right? but, Con Air. I would watch the fuck out of that, dude. <laughs> You know, I'd be like cage in the sky. Then you don't pay for the for the cast, right? You don't have I would Trejo go, and Chappelle that's true. and Reigns and multiple you might Oscar have, winners. Multiple yeah. Oscar winners on, oh the, my on God. this cast. It's like half the cast yeah. has been at least nominated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, there this one got one of my other favorite little bits of trivia I found for this is the confusing ass saga of How Do I Live, which is the like the closing song. Oh, how do I Oh, how do I? Yes, the yeah. Trisha Yearwood or wait, mm-hmm. was it Leanne Rhymes? Question mark. Now this Unsure? is kind of this is kind of interesting, dude. Actually, so that song, I fell down a rabbit hole. So that song, the final song you hear in the film, was nominated for best um, best pe- like best original sc- best part original of a soundtrack song. or whatever. Best original song. Yeah, yeah. So it was nominated for best original song. For an Oscar, and was also nominated for worst original song for a Razzie, and it won neither of them. And then when you it, dig, you dig into so it, weird. you find out that the song. So the song was originally written by a woman named Diane Warren. She's a songwriter, composer, musician. Yep, yep, She's awesome. Mm-hmm. But she didn't sing it first. They. It was originally performed by fourteen-year-old Leanne Rhymes. 
the same year that Trisha Yearwood recorded a, a version of it as well. Trisha Yearwood's version shows up in Con Air, and both of them had hits with the same song that year. That's wild. Is that not the strangest? I kind of, I kind of love shit like that. Is <laughs> is one of the reasons why I'm such a nerd for like movies and music and shit. Yeah, crap like that pops up all the time. I mean, you have to look for it. It's not like obvious, but like there's so many weird little right like the shits like that like that you'll discover and like what the fuck reading they both about had a hit yeah same song same song same year, same year. One, nominated for a razzie nominated for an oscar i know in either one and, okay well i love the song personally but i think it's because i remember oh, my mom dusting goofy. the house to it like a hundred thousand times you know like yep <laughs> that and shania twain oh yeah when you anything you hear before the age of 10 it's you're just gonna love that forever Oh my god, yeah. That's Dude, why the uh, the Blues Brothers are such a right. I like see. any record that my mom was spinning uh-huh. when we were home, like because she was stay at home mom for the most part when we were kid kids. Sure. So yeah, it was the Blues Brothers. It was Elton John. It was Billy Joel. It was like all that shit. <laughs> and what do I still love to this day? All, all those that things. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I sneak. I legitimately can sneak like uh like ninety eight degrees and Justin Timberlake and like the gent like the softer Backstreet Boys into our yeah, tasting room playlist soft, all the, the softer side of backstreet boys yeah dude you don't want to get too edgy though when there's customers around you know so no. you gotta be careful with the backstreet boys dude i feel like our playlists in our our, our respective wineries are very similar not like typically it's sad folk music but a lot of 90s yep. manages to sneak in there somehow yep. yeah 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 so the we sorry start off with like uh, go ahead the, I, was, matter. I was gonna say the basic premise the basic premise of the show of this film is it Oh, hold on. Um, so dogs it, on a plane. It basically dogs on a plane. So the 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 start of this movie is a former army ranger gets back from a covert operation where he was John Wick for five years, and he goes back home to Alabama, and Nicholas Cage's Alabama accent is fifty percent. Boy, is it? Uh, 49%. It's 50, it's 50%. It's 50% like 50% of the time, which I think gives us a net like less than 20%. It's horrific. Drop the zero, 5%. It's not great. There's moments where you're like, that was kind of Bama. And then there's other mm. moments where you're like, Mm. Well, you know how to gauge an Alabama accent. You just think of Gabe All I got to do. Yeah, there was moments where I'm like, was that good? Whoa, daddy. Nope, that was bad. Nope, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he comes home, he comes home to Monica Potter, sp- smoking hot wife, she's pregnant with their first child, he's just gotten back from tour of duty, given it's 97, I'm assuming it's Desert Storm. Um, yeah, I would think so. So yeah, Adrian Brody's gonna go get locked in a drawer, and Nicolas Cage is gonna go in the Hooskow for a hot Oh, sec. wow, yeah, I wonder if they were in the same unit, that would be an interesting, like, well, they were talking about making a sequel to Con Air, and all what if? back in 2008, and all the main cast was down. What if the reason this? Happened. What if the reason this movie is so over the top and crazy and doesn't make a whole lot of sense is this is actually Cameron Poe's drawer dream? Oh my god! Or this is his getting carried out of the desert dream? Because I mean, it's yeah. Jacob's ladder. This movie it's Jacob's is ladder, Jacob's yeah. ladder. Yeah. <laughs> if you just say it's Jacob's ladder, you can make any bad movie good. 
any yep. one of them. You're like, well, absolutely. But there's so many inconsistencies. Yeah, well, he's in a fucking Bardo state heading yep. towards purgatory or hell. Jacob's ladder. Jacob's yep. ladder. That's all you got to say. Jacob's, Jacob's ladder. ladder. And they're like, oh. oh that does make well, sense. Well, this, th- I like this movie now. Suddenly, yeah, suddenly it becomes <laughs> right, like an auteur film. Well, you know, that's an interesting point, though, because as soon as you're willing to let go of the reality of the thing that you're looking at and stop trying to make it make sense. Right. A lot of films are actually quite enjoyable if you can just calm down yes. and let let yourself enjoy the fucking movie and stop trying to like I always what are, you have a fucking PhD in fucking like Well the astrophysics like, of this are actually shut not the fuck com- up. Exact dude, you gotta follow I my life in general got better as soon as I started following the MST three K rule. Mm-hmm. It's just a movie. We really should just relax, man. Like yep. that's that's all yep. you have to do. Put the movie on, and you're like, well, that doesn't seem plausible. And you're like, yeah, it's fiction. That's... He would have died. That fall, he would have fallen on that. He would have died. It, if it was real life, you're correct. Sure but it's was. not. It's yeah. a film. This so is just a fucking movie. Take, Let's calm. Take down. a hit. Take a breath. Take a mouthful of popcorn. Get some sprite and keep watching. Jacob's ladder. But Jacob's ladder. And they just blew a building up. Okay, like what? What more do you want from these people? They're destroying. If you take, if you, if I, uh, hey, listen, friends, friend, listening. Yes. If you take one thing away from this particular episode, is if you find yourself watching a movie and you're getting distracted by yourself in your own brain trying to like make sense of shit. Right. Just remember, Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder. That's, that's pretty much all you need to you're, know. You're fucking welcome. Dude, we just solved so many problems. I'll bet you the world gets I just, better now. I just, I was talking to myself almost. As much as I was speaking to you and our listener, I've, I, I've, I said, listener, we have one left. We've got several. There are multiple. I'm told by the one that communicates with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, all my friends listen too. Who are your friends? You know, well, dogs. There's uh, Tim Timerson and John. I was thinking about getting. A, I was thinking about getting a bird. I'm sure, they'll listen. <laughs> I listen. I listen to our show, so that's at least two. Uh, so do I. Unless yes. it's me emailing myself. No, wait, we can't derail. We've got two episodes to do today. Oh, that's All right. right. So he gets home. He just wants to slow dance with his beautiful wife, who's going to have mm-hmm. Landry Albright in a little bit here. And then this fucking regular comes over. Dude, this regular is literally begging to be murdered. The whole- yep. Every interaction, he comes up, he's like, Hey, what are you, some kind of special forces homosexual ranger who knows how to kill? And Nicholas Cage yes, is like, I that is am. very astute. Mm-hmm. D- um, yeah, you nailed is it. Is it the uniform and all the ribbons for like Meredith's service? And- or is it the way that my eyes keep flicking to the various uh, soft spots on your body that I could punch a hole through? And the guy's like, well, I'm going to... I sure would like to bite a chunk out your wife's ass. And Nicholas Cage is just <laughs> looking at him like... Um, uh, I, mm-hmm. you're like really testing me here, sir. And he, everything kind of resolves. They get their dance. It's a they're had a nice night at the bar, and then in the parking lot, it suddenly is pouring rain. That's there's they're suddenly next to an oil field. There's there's an yeah they well it's the it's the oil field bar, you know f- that's what it's it, either it's the Alabama. bar for the oil field or the oil field for the bar. They're somehow there. Yeah, heating costs are so high. The bar was just like, well, what yep. if we got into the crude business? <laughs> and they sure attract some crude types, let me tell you what. Yes, uh, yes. So, so literally, this guy takes two of his friends out, and he's like, hey, Ranger Murderer Man, we're going to fuck you up. I'm going to fight you, and then I'm going to go after your wife. And Nicolas Cage is like, honey, get in the car. 
And then he yep. palm strikes that hick-ass nose right into that hick-ass brain. Well, unfortunately, he's a civilian now. He's not. He's yep. no longer in the military. So what he what he did there? That's manslaughter. It's called called murder. Manslaughter. Yeah. Manslaughter. Yeah. Um, well, you I, have the training. You have the training to to do the bad thing, but you also have the training to not do the bad thing. Right. He's like, you're that's such a good fighter. Into... You should have been able to like like yeah. tear his jaw off and his ears, but not kill him. Well, a lot of ex-military run into that, right, in the very real-world sense. Yeah. Where, like, if you've had any sort of specialized training, that when when you get out and you're civilian, like, there is a consideration if you happen to do bodily harm to anybody. MMA fighters you, and boxers if, too. Oh, absolutely, a thousand percent. Like, yeah, you know how to to do this thing, right? So that does it. It, it gets taken into consideration because also with deadly force training majority of it isn't the how to kill the person it's how, yeah it's a very it's how to avoid that particular right uh, how, scenario yes. where that's your last line of that's why it's you know it's not necessarily shoot first ask questions later it's always like you know do not fire until fired upon and it, make sure that you've exhausted every other opportunity before you um, jump to that deadly force scenario where you can't come back from that that's been one of the big like problems that we're facing in this country right now is the overuse mm -hmm. of lethal force and a lot of people yep. having questions about the efficacy and the amount of training that's not being trained exactly yeah. oh. exactly mm -hmm. um yep. but he gets assigned to eight years of workout montage yep uh man eight years of push-ups in a cell with bubba gump and writing letters to dear dear trisha i sure do miss you baby casey oh my god i can't wait to see your face baby doll you must be so big, hummingbird. hummingbird. You must be so big now. Oh God, I can't wait to make pies and we're gonna and have books we're and... gonna have cups of tea in the breakfast nook and look out at the sunflowers. And you're like, yeah, I get it. And also, yep. while you're at it, why don't you grow your hair out real long? Real, real long. He's doing push-ups on the bars. He's doing pull-ups on the piss pipe. He's just. It looks like he's training to throw a guy out of a semi cab into the wheel of another mm -hmm. semi. I bet he he is so strong at the end of this. I bet he could bench press a stripper. To be totally yep. to be totally honest with you. And one uh, I got to appreciate he's keeping keeping himself fit in the joint, you know? It's like, true. Hey, just for real though, man. Cage is jacked in this movie. He's like real yeah. beefy. So I feel like this is only a couple of years either before or after um Kiss oh, the one death. where he throws kiss of death. Yeah, he yeah. throws a dude against the fucking <laughs> He's bigger. Out he's of even the cab. Bigger in he's that bigger. One. He's he was yoked in that one. Yeah. In this one he's like super fit. He's like Yeah, he's lean. The bulk has come down. Yeah, he's got shoulders on like his back, boxing though. weight. Like he's yes. middleweight almost. Like. I I can't remember where I read it, but I, I read that he got down to three percent body fat for this Jesus film. Christ. And in between every time they called cut, he would immediately start working out. To keep yeah. like the pump and the sheen going on, it pays almost off. Not quite. He doesn't quite have it. Almost has like that swimmer body. He yes. Almost has that like mm -hmm. very angular sort of midsection. Dude, very top. Yeah. He's got the V. He's got the V. Yep. He's kind of he's brought up top, and it does look like he got it from calisthenics too. It doesn't look like mm -hmm. a lot of weight. He he looks like prison strong for real. Um. So basically. He's in prison for eight years. There's a riot at one point. It's one of my favorite parts in the whole fucking movie. The beginning of this movie looks like it was shot by... I always forget his name. Who shot the two goofiest early Batman movies? After Tim Burton set him oh, down. Oh, um, it was... Shit, hold on. I got it. I think it's Joel a, Bruck, Joel Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. The first yeah. like third of this movie looks like Joel Schumacher shot it. 
It's Dutch <laughs> Tilt City, dude. There's a moment where it's we're... like did it did it crank 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 did it did it crank crank crank. Yes, crank, okay. Crank. So yeah. you noticed it too. There's a moment oh, where yeah. we go from a Dutch Tilt forty-five to a, one way to, to another, another Dutch Tilt. I'm just yep. like. We just went right through true, straight on into nausea, nausea on yep. the other side, man. Also, I'm, there's I'm no way. I'm expecting Dr. Freeze on the other side going, Oh, you have me, have gossip with Freeze. <laughs> Everybody chill, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, he gets he gets his par- he gets paroled after eight mm-hmm. years in the Hooskow. Um, he's going to go. It's his daughter's birthday, July 14th, which interesting. July 14th is also Bastille Day. The, so it's a, another famous uh, prison break. My dad's break birthday too. Really? Yeah. So your da- has your dad ever escaped from a from a Huskow and or lockup? You don't Every have to day. answer that if it's. A- <laughs> I know. You know, Every and day. Uh, and that's why we've got the mental health phone number hotline when you yeah, exactly. escape the oh, prison of your own mind. Real though. Yeah, you and I need to get on Con Air just so we can end up in Vegas and not be yep. pumped anymore. <laughs> um, Isn't it Atlantic City? No, they go to Vegas. Oh, it is Vegas. They right. crash right on the. I mean, spoilers. Oh, you've never seen strip. it, but man, they they put that sucker down on the strip in the least believable crash landing I've ever seen. It's very love, pretty, but it's love, very pretty. Though. It's beautiful. It's very pretty. It's gorgeous. Some of the VFX like don't. How quite many? Make how many it? people would have actually perished in that particular Hundreds. forest? hundreds upon hundreds dude that's a lot of calls home like i'm very sorry to inform yes talk about that and the infrastructure damage to lost that's the strip all those those casinos think about the revenue that there's a whole okay so listen linda uh, (laughs) las vegas is a city surrounded by desert so it's probably if you just like outside the the plane just slightly anywhere one way or the other strip yeah, You're gonna miss, dude. Right, Las that, Vegas. That's my <laughs> biggest thought. I'm like, I've been to Vegas. There's nothing Hundreds around. Hundreds of miles of nothing. Nothing around Las all Vegas. around it. And meanwhile, Swamp Thing's like, "Oh shit, we're going down. Aim for the lights. Aim for the lights." Why I'm wasn't like, okay. Cusack on the earpiece being like, "Aim for anything but the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere but the lights, man. You got this." Oh, Jesus. S- speaking of, uh, speaking of Cusack, so. Cage, he's out now, but yep. that's a really long drive for his wife. So, you know, for whatever reason, the U.S. Marshals The Marshal gonna... Service is going to give him a ride on think... their high-security plane? Okay. With... Oh, by the way, the Con Air program is real. And what the fuck is on with fucking... Oh, yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Uh, the With Baby O'Dell, with... Bubba Gump. Bubba... Yeah, yeah. Why is he on Where the plane? Where is he on the plane? Okay, dude, let's... It's never Let's it's do never our discussed. perp walk. Let's do our perp walk. So they put Shall him... We... They put him on the bus, and they're like, all right, well, we're going to get you home to Alabama. You're going to get in a plane filled with literally, literally the worst the humans, worst humans on, the, on planet. the planet. And uh, you're gonna, we're going to fly you home, drop you off, give you, you can give your wife a little smooch, and then we're going to take them all to die. They're all on death row, like every single one of these guys. John, It's John Cusack's show. He's kind of like orchestrating this prisoner transfer flight. I like John Cusack actually. I was thinking about this today because you don't. We don't really watch a lot of stuff where he pops up. We just haven't like mm-hmm. hit those movies yet. He's always. Be- I'm. He's, I'm a fan. He's pretty much always For believable, sure. and he's got this weird like prickish smarmy charm to him. But is but yes, yeah, it's, it's prickish smarmy with that charm, that necessary charm. because yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Otherwise, he's fucking cold. Yeah, you're just you fucking hate him. Yeah, but so like like fourteen oh eight. This movie, Frozen Ground. He's he's kind of always got that 
you you gross can't... point blank is yes. like i think my favorite of the john cusacks he's good he's really good yeah. i even like him in this and he hates this movie a lot of people yeah. in this movie hate this movie. That. John Malkovich, uh, John Malkovich, John Cusack, and I believe Ving Rhames all said that they did this movie for the paycheck. John Cusack did this so he could fund independent features like that he was interested in doing after this Very movie. Cool. So yeah, I, and you know what? We ended up with like a pretty fun romp. So anyway, we so we get the bus pulls up, people start coming off of the bus and getting on the plane in the in obligatory uh, slow motion low angle uh, form. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the bus squeals to a halt and a guitar <laughs> doors open. Doors open. And then, you know, cameras buried four feet in the ground, tilted <laughs> up. <with> our... <laughs> and then out steps onto the camera, you know, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. This, you know, what do they always say? Like, can you shoot that? We need just more dynamism. Let's make it dynamic. This movie is dynamism out of control. This movie yep. needed like they exhausted all the dynamos yes, for dude. every other film this year. I'm pretty. I think the I think the B unit, the people shooting the action, they could have used like half a Valium each, and this would have been a little bit. We probably would more man. I felt <laughs> like I needed to take some sort of <laughs> like anti like drama, Dramamine or something while watching even the non-action, but like watching people get off this bus. I'm like, oh. <laughs> There's too, too, this is way too dynamic for I know people the, getting the, off of a bus. Oh, you mean the 360 whip pan with like, yeah. <laughs> like lens flares? And... <laughs> it's really just people getting off a bus. I understand this is our parade of introducing of each the character bad, and yeah. giving them a moment. I do like but, the intercut, fuck. too, where it's it's Cusack telling uh, uh, Cole Meany. Johnny 23 raped 23 women, has tattoos on his penis. Yeah, I, it's basically, well, I, I, I just, like, shorthanded it, and I was like, all right, <clears throat> well, this flight is, uh, this flight's pretty stacked. Let me see. This guy's fucking crazy. This guy's fucking crazy. This guy is literally guaranteed to murder at least three people mid-flight and probably try to take the plane down in a populated area. Well, who's that? Oh, that pickpocket. He just got off a two-month stint minimum. <laughs> this next guy, he's a killer of 17 women. Uh, this dude's a mass arsonist responsible for 100 deaths. What about that guy? I don't know. I think he has diabetes. And then this next, like, literally. That, oh, he he's a guard. That one's a guard. He's yeah. That one's a guard. He's that a guard. guard. He's a guard. He's all right. He's he's fine. I to my knowledge, he's never done anything untoward. <laughs> but like, <laughs> when you hear what the other people have done, and then you hear like, yeah, he's a he's a parolee, and this other guy, he uh he once slapped a politician. And you're yeah. like, I think maybe these two should have just got an Uber, you know, or like yeah, yeah, put him on the next Greyhound. It probably would have cost the state, the federal government. This is right. Marshalls we're talking yes. about. Yes, yes. Would have would have probably saved some money just throwing Cameron on a fucking Greyhound, man. They <laughs> yeah. don't care if he's gonna make his daughter's fucking birthday. No. Jacob's ladder. Jacob's, Jacob's ladder. ladder. It's Jacob's ladder. Right, right. He's just trying to get back. And then the, there's that bit where the tail comes out of Danny Trejo in the middle mm-hmm. of it, and the tentacle comes out of his mouth. Yeah, that's got a- Cameron Poe in a <laughs> in a bathtub full of ice. Dude, that that moment in that movie haunts me still. But I can't. Yep. I don't want to think about it too much. So they get on the plane. The meanest CEO in the entire world. Which mm-hmm. you know what though. Like, you kind of, I can kind of even see why that guy is such a dick, because when you look at the lineup of people he's staring at, dude, you got to assert dominance in well, that you room can't, or you're dead. You can't be like the CEO that, you know, is friends with, hey, you know, I'm, 
you know, I'm your CEO, but I'm also your friend. Like, you can't. Hey, yeah. Hey, now. All right. So you guys like magazines? That was good, you, Mikey. We do have some in-flight magazines. There's no staples in them because literally all of you guys, are listen, mass murderers. I'm just going to need you all sit down. <laughs> Get yourself oh. comfy. It's a long flight. I know. Ding. Oh, someone needs something? Let me come on over there. Let me just. Oh, and the, so there's that bit where he's basically the opposite of what we just said. He's like, if any of you looks me in the eye, I'll I'm going to. fuck you with my skull fucker. <laughs> fuck nut. <laughs> yes, dude. He's really fucking hardcore. And that one guy, he's like, so I can expect all like perfect behavior out of all of you, right? And that one dude like spits at him or says like, fuck you or whatever. Yeah, pretty much rips his fucking head he off. He beats the shit out of him, ta- tapes his mouth shut, and then puts a spit hood on him. And I'm like, you know, I feel like tape plus a spit hood is just asking for a lawsuit because yeah. that guy's going to die. Cannot do the breathing thing that's required for most humans to stay alive. Correct. Yeah, you're not leaving him a bu- And, okay, so you're going to tape his mouth, put a spit hood on him, which is stifling, and you just punched him in the face. I bet his he nose- He probably can't breathe that well Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because that guy does, in fact, die like a couple yeah. minutes later. <laughs> and then, you know, okay, that is one thing I'm impressed with with this movie is they got this movie up and running fast. We're in the plane before the 20-minute mark. Yep. Some of the earlier stuff, like the bar fight, I I did just watch a movie, um, Wild at Heart. The early chunks of this movie feel a little bit like they were added later. The Mm. middle stuff where the planes are flying, like the early, like, I am in prison and I am writing to you to tell you I love you. And like the stuff at the bar and the fight in in the parking lot, a lot of that feels like different director much lower budget yeah not as well shot and they just tack it well on the i feel that's all b unit maybe and like because they're all they busy just, with the they're all busy with like filming las vegas exploding i can see that the <laughs> the only thing what was the thing what the fuck did they say oh yeah they're uh it's been cusack's talking to um it's when cusack is talking to uh uh cole meanies like he's because they're putting Cole Meany is a DEA like head of head of, like he's one of the higher ups in the DEA, and they're mm-hmm. putting an undercover agent on this flight. This is kind of the impetus for shit going really sideways. Because yeah, why is he on the flight again? They're trying to get information off of like they're trying to find the big bad that's the the drug ring of something. Yes, I can't like... remember his name. It's like Cos Cos Colsini or Cochini or whatever. But yeah, he's like a higher up in one of the cartels. So they're going to put their DEA agent next to him on the plane to try and strike up a conversation. And re- he's got a recording. De- the DEA agent has a recording device on him. And he's going to try and get information. It about seems the like the worst fucking plan for trying to get information off of. You're going to you're going to you're going to put an agent on a, a short flight. Right. That is transporting high security prisoners. That right. You're going to put an agent on that plane who has no connection with this person he's going to supposedly strike up a conversation with. Yeah, he's going to he's got to go from zero and get he's this guy's go confidence. He's got to go from zero to get incriminating information about an international drug ever. cartel. Yeah, no one thought that through. What you do Jacob's is ladder. you actually have to release that prisoner. Right. You have you have to go lo- like long game for yeah. that shit. Yeah, you like you have to take a gamble. They have to be out of prison comfortable yeah. back in their element right. and you have several agents undercover that have been there for many years gaining confidence yeah. working their way up the ranks you don't fucking put 
I, yeah. a no name person on a goddamn plane and expect this like that is I really... think the problem was that this DEA guy had not seen the wire so he didn't really know how Fair. any of this works didn't understand how like He'd, subterfuge correct and, yeah he'd like, only seen like die hard and assault on precinct there. 13 and he but so the d we gotta get a guy on the plane so we get his uh name and he's uh, gotta have and he has to have a gun on him and john cusack's as we've alluded to is like no there are no guns on this no plane except for the plane. few hundred that are already on there but but i think it's fucked up that so they give they do take the guy's gun away and then Cole Meany, what's his? What that? What's that character's name? It's Larkin uh, and Duncan Malloy is the, Malloy. the agent Malloy. Gotcha. So as they're like getting the prisoners onto the plane, Malloy steps in for his undercover, and as he's air quotes patting him down, he slips him his gun back, which is promptly taken away from him, and he is killed with his own weapon. I'm pretty sure. No, mm-hmm. he's killed with the pilot's gun, the other gun that's on the plane that has no guns on it. <laughs> Which, I don't even hate it. I know it sounds like I hate it, but I really kind of secretly love it. Um, like, one of, what's the what's the good, that one good line that fucking uh, Larkin has at the beginning when he's talking to Malloy? He goes, he doesn't need a gun. All, the only thing you're going to have to worry about on this flight is stale peanuts and a little turbulence. And then I wrote down, and Ving Rhames. I don't know if you guys saw Pulp Fiction, but Ving Rhames is yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you guys, yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you ever seen the SNL skit, Dear Sister? Where all, oh, all, probably, all but... the people end up like, I'm writing a letter to my sister, and then Andy Samberg shoots that guy, and then the guy, who he's not really dead, he picks up the gun and shoots Andy Samberg, and then their roommate comes in, and they shoot their roommate, it's Shia LaBeouf, and the whole time that Imogen Heap song, Ooh, what you say, ooh, that you are named, what? the whole SNL skit is essentially slow motion footage of things falling to the floor. That's hilarious. I wrote down this whole movie is shot like Dear Sister, and I fucking love it. Every single thing that hits the ground gets an individual slow motion shot from ground level. It's like, oh, no, this prisoner got shot, and he's falling. And then the prisoner gets a slow motion shot, and the thing he was holding gets a separate, different angle slow motion shot, and the thing that he knocks over gets a separate ground level slow motion like. There's a five-minute chunk of this movie that takes place at 10 frames per second yep. from ground level. <laughs> um, let's see. The, uh, da, da, da. I think I do think it's interesting that the first thing... Because Cam- Cameron Poe, Nicolas Cage's character, so Poe and Cyrus the Virus, uh, John Malkovich's character, mm-hmm. he ha- by the way, he hated this character, and you can kind of see why as the movie goes on. There's an inconsistency to the character not the performance i think malkovich does i think he's pretty i mean he doesn't always come correct malkovich see uh three musketeers Musketeers. yeah Yeah. sometimes he's not amazing but he's actually quite good in this which is surprising because he's written all over the place Mm -hmm. cyrus is like he's either supposed to be hannibal lecter or he's supposed to be like john travolta's character from uh swordfish Right. Or he's supposed to be like, like a B, like a minor villain from the t- movie Hackers. You know, like mm-hmm. they don't know if they want him to be like a criminal mastermind or a violent or psychopath. Or just a violent psychopath. Yep. Or like Professor Moriarty. Like when they dig into his cell and find all that, the second room that he somehow managed to fit in the wall right. of his room. Like, and the, I read another thing that the script for this was being and like, an IED in in the hole. Right. I know the guy built. 
not only that, he built, like, a tripwire, like, it, like literally a diehard three, like, don't let the colors mix or it goes Yeah, kablooey. exactly. He With built- a pencil and a fucking, like, duct tape and yeah, a Mac- pudding cup. MacGyver's like-, like a mouth-breathing moron compared to yeah. the, the virus, dude. He Like, when they break into that second room and they start panning backwards, where they break into that next to the toilet, that is the hallway wall. That's a wall. Yeah. Where are you going? There's Dude, no space in there. They point the flashlight in, and then the camera pulls back into the hole like six feet. And I'm like, we're in the hallway. No, there's hallway there. Yeah, that's a hallway. And even if they went the other way, there would be a cell next to it. A cell there. Where was he? <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jacob's know, Ladder. Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Um, let me see here. Uh, I, I, think the inter- I think it's interesting that the thing that does initially bond Cameron Poe and Cyrus together is their mutual abhorrence of rape. Yes, that's and that's actually uh, that's an actual. That, there's a real moment there too, because at this point in the movie, Cyrus is trying to get a feel for whether or not he can trust Cameron. Right. He almost Cameron almost gets like really in his good graces. He does. He gets he, into like his inner circle. Down the shooter or whatever. Yeah, he's like, all right, that was good talk. And that's when he's being more Moriarty than he is like twirly mustache or yeah, he's super inconsistent. I almost feel like that's. A fault of well obviously the screenwriting but you have so many like big characters on this plane each with their own unique villain sort of right template they're all you bosses, know what i mean yeah. they're all very they're all yeah they're all mini bosses right and then you have the big boss which is cyrus supposed to be cyrus but Kinda... because you have so many it's like i don't feel like they actually had the opportunity at the screenwriting level to really say all right what is this actual character like what is their motivation what is their like because they don't give a fuck it's just the cast bad is guy's too not big. a plane the, it, the, the cast is too big but right. the actors are all i mean you have they're working at the cast list you have a cast of you have a cast that can do the work yes but again they, they're not trying to make like a character study on what happens when when 12 convicts get on a plane right you, one to, of the... you know As but a... i don't think i think there's room for a little bit of that where you can have a little bit of character development because then there's stakes that actually matter not only for your hero yes but i find it even more interesting we can have some stakes and care for some of the other um some of the other prisoners that you meet along the way we do care they don't about... all have to be we do care i care for... about bubba you know um, yep yep he... but we meet him early we meet him with we like him because he's a cellmate right of cameron poe and they get along we've established that they're friends yeah and that you know we can trust and like this guy I kind of, I, I kind of would have wished there would have been another like surprise, like character that we come to like give a shit about on the plane. It kind of, we kind of feel that a little bit with um, Garland, Garland Green, which Garland is weird because he's the one that's like the most Seriously, horrific he's a fucking serial killer. He killed thirty people according to this movie, which yeah. is more that is that is a higher body count than either Gacy or uh, Bundy mm-hmm. or uh, or. Yeah, those are the two big ones. It's bigger than Gacy or Bundy. So according to this film, yeah. he would have been at this time the most prolific serial killer ever right. in American history that we had known about. Right. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's why I think you probably have some inconsistencies with, with like Cyrus and why John Malkovich was so frustrated because you don't have any clear, like you have caricatures of what each of these like villains, right. bad guys are to be. Like they filling a template. It's like you didn't do the full. It's like you did auto generate on your role playing game instead of going in and doing all the stats. Yourself. Doing the roles and assigning the points yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I know that Simon West 
when he got the script, he liked it and wanted to work on it. But one thing that he immediately knew he wanted to do, um, he and Bruckheimer agreed that they wanted to add more heart to the movie. They thought it was too too much. Like it was just an action film with none mm-hmm. of the like interstitial stuff. And they both they went in and like worked on on tinkering with stuff so that they could expand the characters, flesh out the right. universe. Nicolas Cage was actually responsible for quite a few. Um, quite a few like tweaks to the script that I think actually help. For example, Cameron Poe was initially just like a normal convict. He wasn't a ranger. But Nicolas Cage was like, uh, this guy kills like multiple people with his bare hands. He knows like karate. He's super proficient with weaponry. He would he'd need some kind of training or this isn't gonna fly. So they well, made... even Oh go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. So that even helped not only from a training because I could buy if he wasn't um uh special forces, right? He was just sure. off the street. I could buy that maybe he he learned karate or was like he he you know grew up on the streets and learned it that way like right. i necessarily have to have somebody be military special forces to to buy into the fact they're capable of doing this stuff right what it does do i think for an audience is it gives them it gives them the freedom to care for that person right away because we have and it's sort of an ingrained sort of um when it comes to military personnel like we have a sort of ingrained respect like we thank our troops and that sort of a thing, right? right? Well, as soon as you learn that they're ex-military, they were a Marine, they served their country, they did. It builds that up for you where yes. you don't, you, you're immediately dropped in and Cameron Poe's a good guy. He And then we automatically sort of are on his side because Dude, of that background of military. Daredevil season two. I mean, we, we just yep. got to the trial of the Punisher and that's Foggy's Oof. opening statement is basically yep. he's like, he's like, yes, this yeah. guy has killed like a lot of people, but... Like he's a decorated war hero, you know, and yep. blah blah blah. So like he he's playing on that same like cultural touchstone that we all have. It's, exactly, it's totally true. You t- you say like, and it works in screenwriting. It works when it you does. have a character that is problematic that that has certain a certain set of skills. You immediately drop the well, they're ex Navy SEAL. They were in in country for three years. Blah blah blah. Right. The medal. As soon as you say Congressional Medal, medal of Honor, Honor winner, yeah. four, four Purple Hearts. As soon as you have that line of dialogue exposited somewhere right you're immediately the initial response is like okay you put him in the good guy column almost always immediately immediately even if you've seen him do murders yeah we we, within like five minutes yeah Yeah. so we know he's a soldier on a plane (laughs) full of convicts even though that he is a convict as well Mm -hmm. you know like he did he was convicted he wasn't innocent no and that's the thing that i find interesting too it's not like he was wrongfully convicted was, or framed or he was it was self-defense and it yes. was like a situation that that he was outnumbered if by there'd a bunch been a, of drunk if there'd dudes. been a legitimate witness he would have probably gotten off exactly but i don't think that he was wrongfully prosecuted no yeah i mean right i mean he served the right of eight years that's i mean he know? did he ended a dude's life i think eight years is kind of stout for the circumstances under which he did sure. it. i do think there is like a good argument for self-defense but the judge makes a good point too because of all his extensive deadly force training right so yeah like this guy is clearly he was convicted and he served legitimate time mm-hmm. and yet because of how he's written and and all and because of nicholas cage's added backstory where he's a ranger you end up mm-hmm. not thinking of he's the best con on a plane of cons you think of him as a soldier on a plane of cons exactly and that yep. does totally differentiate him you're totally right mm-hmm. the uh, i'm pretty sure I'm not exactly, I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure that the female guard on the plane was also his idea because it changed, he he was re- somehow responsible for changing Danny Trejo's character from just like 
like a cartel dude or like a murderer to specifically right. a rapist. Mm-hmm. So that whole like rape subplot thing was Cage's addition as well, and I think it's one of the more effective strings in this movie. Really it's qu- also one of the most unrealistic things. Like nothing said, like I believe in equality and everything, but a, a female guard would never be on that plane. No, never in a million years. You're completely correct. They, they would never no. put a female CO on that plane, especially not in 90s. For, for their own safety, because if anything does go south, there's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be know. so bad. Not with this crew. You can have, right. like, like uh, the prison that my brother's been working at, um, For he's uh, doing electrical work, he's an electrician, so he's been doing electrical work on this older prison, and they do have, like, um, both male and female corrections officers there, mm-hmm. but for, like, the worst wing, like, the level five dudes, it is very seldom or not at all ever yeah. that the female guards, like, patrol that area. Right. So... That, I'm, I'm also speaking for, like, late 90s. Yeah. Like, in that, in that time, that plane, there would not have been a no way in hell. I think specifically it's who's on that plane. Like mm-hmm. who those who those freaking criminals are, especially with okay. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's everyone else, maybe, but the second they put Danny Trejo on that plane? Johnny twenty three on the plane, you're gonna put you're gonna put a guard on that plane that is going to instigate That is his victim violence class. violence from that it's gonna stir them up. You want those prisoners as calm as fucking possible. Yeah, dude, like drug their You're breakfast. not gonna put their their main trigger no. on that flight no. period no 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 definitely not but it does kind of allow i think it's one of the it's one of the like sub arcs or mini arcs that mm-hmm. has the the most realistic feel to it it has it's a really long slow burn it's set up early and it pays yeah. off very late mm-hmm. um so i really like that subplot i was just thinking about how many people and it's are, not distracting it doesn't distract away no. from the bigger story it does add a, di- a dimension of tension Amongst big action happening, then you have that smaller right. subplot going on. There's the sub subplot, right? It actually, but very, the stakes are very high. Yeah, and it actually does create a lot of really important hinging turning points. Like, for example, mm-hmm. initially after the plane is captured, because the DEA agent is immediately discovered. He, oh, this this plane is wheels up for five, five minutes. Five minutes, yeah, yeah. And it's taken over, like... Right, yeah. Wow. So there's all like all hell breaks loose, chaos just reigns. The action sequence is great. The DEA agent pulls his gun, holds Dave Chappelle hostage for a hot second, and then Nicolas Cage kind of talks the dude down long enough for I think it's the Viking, um, one of the other prisoners to distract the DEA agent. No, it's not Viking because that guy gets shot. Um, mm-hmm. The DEA agent lets Dave Chappelle go to shoot this other prisoner who's trying to sneak up on him. Cyrus shoots the DEA agent and then congratulates Nicolas Cage. But yeah. now all the prisoners are free on the plane. The first thing Danny Trejo do- or Johnny 23 does is he goes and tries to rape the female guard. And Nicolas Cage stops him. Like, mm-hmm. physically. Stops him physically. And then basically seems ready to fight an entire plane full of people to protect her. And Cyrus mm-hmm. responds to that positively. We actually hear him verbally say when he first talks to Johnny Twenty Three, he says, "Normally I abhor." You disgust rape. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they actually kind of bond over that. That becomes like a crucial plot point. Yeah. Um, and that also becomes like a huge driving factor to keeping Nicolas Cage on that plane because he knows that Johnny Twenty Three is on that plane, and so is this helpless female guard. And if Cage but leaves, he's got the the reason we're actually given several times is because Bubba is gonna 
has diabetes and he doesn't have his insulin injection. Well, that's which yes. is why he stays on the plane. That's the secondary reason. Or that, yeah. that is another, so now he has two. Yeah, that's another. Which is reason. actually fair because maybe one or the other isn't quite enough to have. Because that's the hardest. The hardest thing that I have with buying into Jacob's ladder or not is the fact that this man has been waiting eight years to see his um his. It's not unborn. His born his born yeah, his daughter, yeah. His eight year old daughter and wife who he has not seen in eight years because they haven't visited him because right. he didn't want the, him to see. But he is going to he's going to jeopardize and sac- potentially sacrifice that moment for his cellmate and a guard he's never met. But I also understand that he is he's a slave of duty in a way because he did serve in a very high and high pressure. Like what, he was a ranger, right? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's like a whole level of... He's got the never leave a man behind really ingrained in his... I mean, that is in his DNA at this point. Yes. So, so also Cage's uh, decision to do that... Well, no, so that actually reads more into, like, Cage's decision to have that backstory makes this make more sense. Where if he's not a ranger, he's just some dude. He's never staying on that plane for his cellmate or this random guard. Right. Yeah, yeah. But because he is an ex-ranger... Right. That like never leave a man behind thing. Right. That's that's deep, 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 deep. And I mean, the Alabama like... the Alabama thing too. He actually says at the at the end when we get that like almost like when, when Johnny twenty three's got the guard knocked out and he's like yeah. getting her pants off her and uh Cage like comes in off the side of the screen, punches him in the face, lifts him off the ground, and then is smashing his head into the cage in between the rear and front of the plane. Mm-hmm. He's What he's saying every time he smashes Danny Trejo's face into those bars is, you don't treat women that way. Right. And I think he, in one of the interviews that I read with, or watched with Nicolas Cage about this movie, is he was saying that um, uh, the Alabama thing, like Southern Gentleman, there's a, like an extra layer of, it's important that I protect this woman, Right, because he's from the South was part of the character thing. The more I think about it, and the more that I, like Nicholas Cage truly adds a lot, added mm-hmm. a lot to this movie, a huge yeah. amount. Um, not and not just his flowing locks and his oh, his beautiful his sweaty a shirts. Son and... of a bitch. <laughs> his God, roundhouse he's so, kicks. He's just so delicious, man. The number, dude, Walker, Texas airplane man the number yeah. of freaking roundhouse kicks that are dished out in this movie oh i'll never get tired of it i'll never get tired of watching somebody do a stupid roundhouse kick just... no in in tight jeans and like cowboy boots man that's my favorite kind of roundhouse yes yeah roadhouse like baby. In, the roadhouse in kick. fucking in jeans that would never give enough for you to be able to roundhouse like that no no never. no, no. you'd the... split the fucking seam <laughs> your leg wouldn't even get up It'd get like nope. seven inches off the ground, and then you'd hit the the that thick American denim, and then you'd get shot in the head. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, what are you doing? Fuck your Yankee blue jeans, quite yep. quite literally. Um, you need to be wearing sweatpants for that to work. <laughs> it doesn't look as sexy like doing some harem pants, man. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I would love to see that. Like, our hero is like a meth addict covered in Cheetos stains. He's got his sweats on, and he all yes. he does. All he does, because all he does is hit the pipe all day long, is he does tons of flexibility videos, and he's he's like the Sean William Scott character from uh, Bulletproof Monk, where he taught himself oh kung god. fu by working from in a movie theater. Watching movie, oh my god, so stupid! I love that movie. Um, like she, he's like Echo, but not believable. <laughs> yeah, like less believable Echo. Not that Echo's even necessary. 
<laughs> I buy I buy it, man. The, was it Bendis or is it Kevin Smith's run of Daredevil? Kevin Smith writing Echo. Fucking did he I run? buy it. Or, or is it Daredevil run? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay. Sorry, I was thinking of um, was it Smith who introduced Onomatopoeia, the character Onomatopoeia, Ooh, the, the Green Arrow villain that been, makes yeah. the serial killer sounds? Well, it wouldn't have been Green Arrow because Green Arrow is DC universe. Was it? I think, Hawkeye oh, is there. You're, maybe uh, I I think it's a Green Arrow villain, so it must not be Smith. Sorry, so, got derailed. No, but... yeah, comic books, dude. It's a rabbit hole yeah. you'll never escape. Um, there are some bits in here where I think that good decisions are made. It's why I don't just like dismiss this movie as garbage because there's enough awesome shit in it, mm-hmm. whether it's a distracting action sequence or little bits of good writing or anything that comes out of Garland's mouth. Yeah. Um, I, I like that the three dudes they need to unload in Carson City are all dead and they're all white. So it gives Poe an out. He can get off the plane. They yep. they don't trap him there because that that could have been the decision. Is you know like we don't have any more stops to make, and then he's got to just fight his way out. He's a he's like the mole inside the plane. But they actually give him a chance very early on to decide. He has a choice. He's either gonna stay on the plane and try and help these two people, or he's going to get off the plane and go be with his wife and daughter. And obviously, we kind of know what he's gonna decide the yeah. whole time because we're watching a movie and not it's not. Real, but right, and this has only been thirty-eight minutes, and that would be a very short. Film. That would be would how crazy would that shit be, dude? The end of the movie is just like at the totally thirty-eight minute mark, like... he gets off the plane, he hugs his wife, and he's like, "And there's some convicts," and the plane's just flying off, and we never find out how it resolves, and we so still it has get a ninety-minute runtime because it's that? just how do I live played over and over and over again. <laughs> they run the credits like twice, you mm-hmm. know. Um, just out of respect for this flick, even though I, I finished it and I'm like, all right, I got to go to PT. I stuck around long enough to watch all the stunt people. I watched mm-hmm. every name, man. I was like, you guys worked hard for these paychecks. Yes. Uh, I totally love, I, I'm just kind of looking at my notes here. I really love John Malkovich in this. It's one of my favorite John Malkovich roles. The fact that he hates this role so much and we've seen him in a role that he doesn't give a shit about and literally doesn't even phone it in like mails it in yeah three musketeers three musketeers right he like <laughs> the, the fact that he doesn't give a shit i don't see it anywhere in his performance I, it's pretty fucking good yeah, I, it's neither not do I. it's not quite um oh what's the clint eastwood movie where he's trying to kill the president um i don't know i don't know that one uh, oh my is god it dead presidents no, no, no. It's like a Secret Service movie. Fucking shit. I'll figure it out. Okay. I'll um, figure it out. So we, while you're in the lo- line of, in the line of fire, in the line, in the line of, of fire. fire. Okay. Yep. I, I know that after, after this movie. So before this movie, Malkovich had mostly done like, like charming, hyper intelligent, like romance type character. And after mm-hmm. this, he did a couple movies where they had him as like, like hyper intelligent bad guy kind of character. Yeah. And uh, I was reading on IMDb that basically because no matter what he was being typecast as one of these two, he just fucked right off out of American cinema and went and did European films for like a decade. Can't can't blame him, man. I mean, because he did. Yeah, he no. was in um, uh, of Mice and Men, right? The one with Gary Sinise. Yes. And, yep. Yeah, he plays fucking like, brilliant. Yep. Dude, he's a, he really is a good actor, and I, I'm sad that like our cracking the seal on our show was Three Musketeers because I was so fucking I've never bad. seen I've very rarely seen like performances where the actor cared less. Oh my god! <laughs> every doing. every shot was like they just woke him up from a nap. 
Right. And, and like, he had to, like, get the accent, like, up to speed yep. sometimes. Before. damn it. But in this, dude, in this, he's really, he's got, yep. a, he's got a cool intensity to him. He has a really, um, which is interesting because his face doesn't look this way. I would associate that more with, like, Tim Roth or Steve Buscemi. But, like, he really has, like, kind of a rodent ratty kind of his features mm-hmm. really get like it's a little bit of like a Lee Van Cleefishness to him yeah he's there's there's like a rugged sly like this guy he is something about his face that just tells you that this dude would put a knife in your side yeah without even thinking about it he's he's good as Cyrus um so we do we get the hero moment where they're like all right well everybody get off the plane and Bubba's like Poe you gotta fucking go bro He's sweaty. He's holding on to his chest because he's like about to. Yeah, he's. Oh man, that's the that's the longest time ever at home. That's the other. I don't. Well, he got his. Well, he got his first shot before the flight took off, and then he's supposed to get another shot mid-flight. But, but the needle like gets dropped and broken, and right. And we don't even need to think about why uh, a medical kit in like an old broken down thing is going to have an insulin shot in the box and whether or not that insulin would be good we're not even going to worry about any of that well it's more for me it's like the length of time that he is having like he would have been dead like oh at learner field yeah when the the guard is like don't move him he could die and you're like and yet he lives for 40 more minutes of moving. 40 more minutes now that's not how diabetes works i don't think and when they pop that shot in him dude he is right back up to like like, woo boy thank you that was a close one all right what do you need me to do and you're like yeah why don't you just lay down for a bit i've seen steel magnolias i don't think that diabetes works that way (laughs) well he only when you have a cowboy hat on is it debilitating if you just forego cowboy hats it really doesn't affect you at all apparently um, but but basically Cyrus points out to Bubba he's like hey uh, the three guys who are leaving they're gonna all have to be white so you're out of luck sorry amigo um, and then he turns to Poe and he goes Poe think of your no it's not her it's the guard it's the female guard who's chained up who's like mm-hmm. having to she's like at Danny Trejo's at Danny Trejo's mercy and I think she says yeah. think of your little girl because they have that bonding moment on the transport where he's She's right. like, all right, well, don't punch any more noses into people's brains, and you won't have to miss your daughter anymore. And he's like, you bet you, ma'am, absolutely anything you won't. Um, Poe, think of your little girl. And he turns to her and he goes, now, nah, what would my daughter think of me if I left you like that? Sorry. <clears throat> now, what would, yep, my daughter, what would my daughter think of me if I left you like this to get dishonored and die? And... I wrote down, I know that the screenwriters are pushing my buttons, but I, yep. lo- I love it when people step up. The hero fucking moment like that where it's like they have the they have the chance. They have the to, shot. They have but they're gonna you know, what would my daughter think if well, I oh if I just left make you- yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent, man. It's like <laughs> I don't I kinda don't buy that he would. No and now I kinda buy that he would, but like I, I fucking love it. I and I know and like you said, I know it's the screenwriters that know that they're they're working the score, you. The score is working us too in that moment because it's swelling. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Giving us that heroic sort of. No, what would my daughter? <laughs> yeah, dude. And then the yeah, crescendo, but... and you're crying, and they're crying. It's like, oh, you're working me. But you know what? I think we had this conversation a little bit when we were so fortunate enough to sit down and chat with Jeffrey Tiberius Morgan Absolutely. about uh, uh, that that Nathaniel Ratcliffe. Daniel Ratcliffe. What was that movie? The uh, one Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, where I was all up in arms because of the Jurassic Park, the movie thing. 
I felt like I was being manipulated to feel a certain way because the movie knows how I'm going to feel about hearing the Jurassic Park score. But your argument that I now also agree with is like, that's sort of the point of going to a movie or listening to music is you want to be manipulated in a way to feel certain things where it doesn't work is when it's so fucking obvious what they're doing, that it feels like they're, Yes. Like, if they rub your nose in with, it. If they rub your nose in it. It's like, I am intelligent enough to know right. that you're doing this to me. Or so if, if you can take, hide it a little better. Right. right. <laughs> That's what it is. If they take for granted that you're just going to go with something, oftentimes right. I'll just rebel against that. Because I'm like, yep. uh, no, you don't get I to just. I see what you're doing. You don't get to do that to me. The worst for me is when, they, when they're like, they do all the tricks to that say like, this is a character you're supposed to like. And I just don't like right. that character. I'm like, I don't care how you score every time they're on the screen. I don't care right. how you have other people talk to them. I don't care how they're lit. I fucking hate that character, and you're not yep. going to make me like them just because you're going to play like a little pian- a fun little piano ditty there. They, no. Yep. Just because they have their two measure, like, oh, that's their theme, and they're now lit in blue. Right. And they, yeah. Or like you have like this dickish character who sucks, and then they save someone, and that person's like, you're a hero. I'm like, no, they're a piece of shit. No, they're a piece of shit. They're a piece actually. of shit. I don't care that this dialogue is making them our hero. I refuse. I'm but, just but when you're here. giving me, but when you're giving me a sweeping score and mm-hmm. a delicious flowing locks yes. of an Alabama gentleman That's saying, right. what will my daughter, well, now, what will my little do- girl think if I, oh. I yep, left you I'm like in. this to get I, and the part of it part of it for me is I'm in a thousand to, percent yes it, part of it for me is the dishonored to get dishonored and die yeah dishonored and, and die. he's saying it politely but what he's saying is I'm not going yeah. to leave you to the the hell to get that would yeah. that you would be left to if I got off this plane I cannot do it it is not in my moral fabric and yep. that seeing that it's also the choice he's making a choice so I'm getting a true hero moment rather than here's some score. He's a hero. You know, this guy made a call and now he's going to follow through even though it's putting his life in danger. And then here's, so after this, that's when we get Cyrus's cell. (laughs) Uh, the wall's all crumbling like it's made out of candy sugar. And you're like, first of all, where did Cyrus get all of the, the, the materials to even make the fake brick? And also why would he even, if he is as smart as we are led to believe that he is, why would he even leave breadcrumbs of any kind anywhere in his cell? I think he would have that sterilized. No, unless, unless it was essential for them escaping to have the marshal service in on what they were doing, but it isn't. They, all they have to do is get something to transponder that they need a fucking code for to like disable on the, they don't. It they don't need the marshals to know gain, what's going on. No, in fact, it does nothing but create a problem. So that cell would be pristine. There'd be nothing Correct. in there. There would be no breadcrumbs to follow. Whoever brought him all that shit would, before they enacted their plan, it would have, have taken it all back out. Gone. No evidence. But How? we need it there because it's poorly written fucking screenwriting, <laughs> yes. where they realize that they have to have some way for the marshals to know where they're going. Yes, that's well. They, even, they, wrote they still don't even know. Fucking corner, and they still don't know. And they're like, "Yeah, so I know." It, it doesn't matter. It basically does nothing except for this amazing overhead shot we get after they like break the wall down and take all of yeah. his stuff out. We get what does he got? He's got a hardbound copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. That yeah. doesn't exist anywhere in the world. The Anarchist Cookbook is an online resource, people. 
you can get like printed out binder copies, but this is like yeah, Simon I and Schuster's out PDF copy for. Uh, I was doing research for uh, something. Yeah, I but mean, yeah. I think everybody, everybody at some point has had some portion of the anarchist cookbook just lying around, but no one got the like Norton Deluxe hardbound slipcase third edition, edition yeah, with the, the with a. <laughs> With a thank you to the <laughs> yeah a dedication like the, the, front, the dedication you know? page yeah like we like to de- to Che Guevara you know <laughs> but, oh my god um he's got and that's not even the only book he has like half a fucking library of chemistry cookbooks he's got I also hate I also hate that about these kind of movies too it's like don't don't do that don't show me the anarchist cookbook in his chemistry books and oh he oh must my god have he's been a... learning um all this stuff like it's unnecessary roughness man yeah it's he, like, isn't he a genius he's he already knows all this shit it's in his head he's a genius that i don't need scarier. to see his library of books in his cell that he's studied <laughs> biology Wait. 101 or whatever like come the fuck where out, did this guy get an engineering schematic of this plane where did that happen I, that's those are the questions that screenwriters don't have answers for either, sir. <laughs> that's true. My and, my and also, how did they? Because all these prisoners weren't in the same prison, were they? No. Well, so wait. Yes, yes, yes. This initial crew did all come off the off the same block because that one that one dude at the end. Says, I didn't recognize you from the. I didn't ever saw you. Yeah, on that would have that would have put you in whatever block. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen years yeah. that would put you in H block. I'm because also there. there's some very specific uh, like uh, like instructions that have been shared amongst these individuals yes. that have been in solitary and like I don't know that. Because it's all orchestrated. Yeah. Like, how in the fuck? It's not like they can get together in the lunchroom. Yeah. And, like, have it. Because they're all in solitary or in very, like, strict. Um, yeah. Like, like high, they, high, high security prison. How are they they're communicating? Not... Like, Dave Chappelle manages to sneak, like, a match and a bag of kerosene in, like, down his throat onto the plane. Where did he get any of that? But anyway, Jacob's Ladder. I mean, I have seen Prison Break where, you know, I'm willing to believe that dude has a tattoo on his entire body that is the you know escape plan so whatever (laughs) i can buy into this shit yeah dude like if honestly i think you i think anybody who can your enjoyment that you get out of a film is directly hinge hinges on how far you can suspend your disbelief and i have a real i'm like you Honestly, mine is maybe too far. I have to admit, you've given me, you've checked me in the past before. I have like, to let the lead. I have to let the lead out a little bit more uh, from time to time. So I know, but like, I do like when you're like, Max, Max, no, that's literally just silly. And I'm like, no, but, but Carl, but it's no, you're right. Ah, <laughs> shit, you're right. It's not good. It's bad. <laughs> You'll never hear me say that about Conair, though. No, fuck no. Okay, last thing about Cyrus's cell. That bomb is the size of a less than the size of a lunchbox. It's a lunchbox. It's a lunchbox. Yeah. That bomb blows the cell door off so hard it flies a hundred yards down the cell block hallway and jams itself into a brick wall above John yep. Cusack's head. And I love she it. She also begs the question, like, what sort? What was what was the, in there? <laughs> yeah, what was the accelerant? What was the fucking like? He didn't have C four or Semtex or fucking like. <laughs> it would have been. His own, it's his own own urine. urine? Yeah, it's ammonia. It's an ammonia bomb made his own piss that he's been keeping in his. Because that thing went off like it was like, like it went off like Judge Judy, man. 
it, that fucking thing was a fiery fatouche, fatouche indeed, man. Uh, and you know what? I, like I said, I honestly don't. I love it. I yeah. love. He's like John Cusack goes, "Don't fucking touch anything." Guy picks up a lunchbox that says, "Do well, not how open." About this? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "All right, well, my that guy told well, me." What to, about this plot device? Hold on. What Can if I, I open that? Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay. And I like the other guard. He's like, hey, man, he said don't touch anything. And then he looks at the lid of the lunchbox and looks at the guy like, and that also oh, says, says don't, don't touch, touch me. me. And then, doop, babo. <laughs> well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? No shit, right? All right. Well, we got to, it's, it's, we should probably set down in Carson City. All right, we got our boys. We're going to do the prisoner exchange, which I like. Honestly, that prisoner exchange is pretty cool. They got everybody yep. spit hooded and taped. And these guys have been really rowdy. Don't, don't take these off until you have yeah, them in rough crew. Custody. We had to tape and hood them all, and they're they're like, all right, all right, spitters, huh? Yeah, all right, cool. And again, this is like that weird chameleon Malkovich. He's this is pretty cool. This prisoner transfer where they like they hook hook up in Carson City is pretty sweet, especially because they're like, all right, who else we got? And they're like, murderer, murderer, <laughs> rape guy. A terrorist <laughs> bomb expert and Cyrus is like check all everything checks out and then this, this have you ever seen the new guy the movie the new guy yes I actually quite enjoy it dude this scene I never realized because this is the first time I've seen Con Air I never realized that my favorite scene where they deliver the new guy to his new high school is a direct ripoff of the scene where they fucking deliver Garland Green to yep. uh where they deliver Garland Green to the plane. It's like the coolest thing. Yeah, he shuffles out with his hand of Elector mask yeah. on, hands cuffed to his own neck. You're like, what the fuck did this guy do? There's like six guards not even getting into the truck. They're not even getting in. They reach in with poles to unlock from afar this dude's restraints. It's, it's like they're handling a raptor in the original Jurassic Park Shooter! Movie. Shooter! Dude, that is, that is how they treat this cat. I love the fucking score. That weird, like, they put in the background when Gar. Anytime mm -hmm. he's doing something sketchy, goes a little psychotic. Anytime he's on screen, the movie yes. kind of breaks a little bit. Yeah, oh my, yeah, pretty cool. The, like that, it's it literally sounds like the score is like if someone, if Hans, this is like Hans Zimmer was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a Hans yeah. Zimmer trumpet, but they turn the gain to a hundred and run it through like an amp with the speakers stabbed. It's a really yeah. cool sound effect, and it does definitely, like, unnerve you. Also, I was wrong. He killed 37 people, according to this Fuck. Film. Yeah, dude. This, this to me, is where the movie gets good. Minus the little, yeah. like, uh, we got a little, let's call it a, what, what, what's the thing? And we have an intermission in Lerner yeah. Field, but once Garland Green's on the plane. I appreciate any big movie that's going to give me a little spot where I can get up, get a refill on my popcorn, and take a piss. Honestly, it's a two-hour action movie. You do need a little, like, I got to go refill my whiskey. Yep. <laughs> Dog, shut up. I'm talking about Steve Buscemi and how smart he is. Um, yeah, you think so, too? <laughs> All right, sorry, yep. God. Um, so then they take, okay, so now this is so fucking cool, dude. Nicholas, or I mean, Cameron Poe's little like, okay, I can't get off the plane. How do I signal off the plane? So he like, <laughs> he, he takes yeah. that thing from the guard. He writes a little note. Oh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. There oh, will yeah, be a yeah, note yeah. though. But like, um, he, when he's like, I, I just, I, I gotta be free. I, I was scared of my own freedom. And they're like, all right, we'll go strip the, dress up one of the guards. And he goes to strip that prisoner and finds the recording device. And the guy behind him, do you have a plan? Opens the guy's shirt, sees the recorder. 
Maybe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pulls it off, slips it into the guard's shirt while like, Give me my daughter's picture, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. This is my Alabama swearing voice, you son of a bitch. So bitch. I know, he did Raising Arizona. He should have this locked. I know. Ugh. You get your goddamn hands off my wife. That's basically an Alabama accent. Pretty like, much. Adjacent. You should have just gone back to high. H.I. McDonough, I believe that's that's in the future. Isn't that 99? No, it was 94 or 96. You're totally right. Mm-hmm, before. Um, It's all the drinking he did in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, Shit. So, yeah, so you, they get that guy off the plane, and he sits down next to Bubba, and him and Bubba are commiserating about how <laughs> fucked they are. I just realized you can see a little bit of, like, Chewbacca. Chewbacca yeah, I've been kind of looking at it. It's just, like, this little, this little <laughs> like, kind of cute, chibi Chewbacca just, like, <laughs> ring up at it's you. It's actually a huge pillow that is, like, way behind me, so you got a little forced perspective going it's, on. It, honestly, it's working just perfect for me because it's adorable. <laughs> it looks like a Chewbacca hacky sack is, like, wants to kiss your that kiss really you. That's I wish listeners could see it, honestly. I know. I'm sorry. I no, no, it's it. not It's not you. It's your silly computer program that's got you. Um, so he sits down. So Ving Rhames and Cyrus looking in at fucking Garland Green. I love, by the way, that they actually, like, took the time to put him all the way in the cage, let him get yep. locked up. Even The fact that these hard heavies are like, Jesus Christ, this dude's fucking, uh, is he locked up? Oh, uh, yeah. Got the- Ving Rhames literally says, what do we do with him? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cyrus goes the last person that you would think would be like concerned about this, this little tiny white dude. little white guy. Yeah. I know, and he's like, "What do we do with him?" Well, I don't know, but it seems a shame to leave a national treasure like this locked up. Yeah, let him out. Big fan of your work, <laughs> dude. Like, it's such a great moment. Walks away. They let him out, and then they when they take the when Ving Rhames reaches in, take the gag off. <laughs> That weird, crazy, fucking grinding sound comes back in. It's amazing. And then for the rest of the movie, Garland Green just sits in a chair and he just talks to Poe and Bubba. Even when the plane is crashing, he's just like, he got the the whole world world in his hands. I love fucking Garland Green. Shut the fuck up, man! We're gonna die. (laughs) He's great. He's truly, yep. and who would have thought that the serial killer is the comic relief? Yep. It's amazing. Because they said it. I love the, the the setting up, the expectation, and can totally fucking subverting it. Yes. Like, One of despite the, with the little girl with the tea, the tea service, sh- you're like, I'm nauseous. Dude, it doesn't even belong you know, in this movie. Up. That scene nope. is too good for this film. When, yep. Steve, when Steve Buscemi walks across to that, like, emptied swimming pool and has tea with that little girl yep. who's having tea with like a life-size naked like burned yep. doll that feels is like it's plucked out of like seven yeah it's yep. it's really good or tideland or something yes. it oh feels my. like it's yes mm. yes tideland and then the crazy the weird camera effect they do when we get his pov and he's looking at the little girl and it's yep. like just a little fish eyed and the color grade is off and you're like, oh my god, we're seeing through fucking Garland Green's yep. eyes. We're looking at this, and then wild. I know. And then the big, the like the reveal when she waves at the plane, and you're like, oh my god, he didn't Thank kill her, god. dude. It come like the weight off your chest is so huge, yeah. and then you start wondering why. See what I'm saying? Like Garland yeah. Green is one of the best parts of this movie yep. because he keeps. You're so curious about him. You're wondering about his motivations. You're genuinely horrified by him, and yet. Yes. And the really good, one of my favorite moments of screenwriting is when they're sitting there and he's talking about, uh, 
after Nicolas Cage kills that dude down in the hold of the plane, he comes back up and his hands are shaking and Garland Green goes, two went down, one came up. One came up. And he's like, I had to do it. And he goes, honestly, most murders are justified. It's the, the, But he goes, but the really great ones, Dahmer, Bundy, Gacy, they did it because they enjoyed it. Don't you fucking compare me to them or compare me yeah. to you. I'm nothing like you. And he's just And so at the end of that, he he like out of context says, This one girl this one girl I killed, I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. And Nicholas Cage turns to him and goes, It's my daughter's birthday. So feel <laughs> yeah. free to not share every fucking thing with me today, okay? Yeah. It's just like and it's Steve Buscemi too, so it's not that. And he doesn't play it like I'm creepy. He just he's just. And I wore her hat for that. No, he <laughs> like the next thing out of his mouth could be "You owe me a sausage McMuffin." He's literally yeah, just exactly. Steve Buscemi, and that makes it so much fucking creepier because he's kind of yeah. normal. He goes, yeah. "You are you're insane, insane." What if I said that insane was working fifty hours a week for fifty years for a company? And at the end, they tell you to hit the road. So that you can live in a retirement home, hoping that you'll die before you have to face the ignominy of having right, the yeah. shit into a bag. Wouldn't you say that's insane? This one girl I killed, one, I once wore. Yeah, her head. wore <laughs> I drove for, through yeah. three states wearing her head as a hat. Jesus it's Christ. my daughter's birthday. It's fucking good. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, the other chunk that I really like is the first time we see what Garland has done after they've released him from the cell is we see Nicolas Cage sit down next to Bubba and basically the conversation that he has, the two of them is they're like, all right, how's it look? We just left Carson City. Shit. They shot a cop. We're in trouble and you don't have your shot. And they basically they go like, they took over the plane. They might be on to us. We're bang in the middle of it all and you're dying of diabetes. Crazy day, huh? Slow pan over to reveal Steve Buscemi just sitting across the aisle and he looks over at him. He's just listening to him and <laughs> Nicholas Cage goes, hi, Garland. <laughs> <laughs> just like all this fucking madness. And then he looks over and the worst serial killer in the United States is in sitting the, right, yeah. five feet from him. And hi, he just looks. Hi, Garland. Yeah, he's basically like, what else could go wrong? Looks well, over. Yeah, this is how my day is going. Yes, dude. He looks back forward. Hi, Garland. Just like so <laughs> deflated and defeated. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best ever. This movie's a riot, dude. It is. Uh, okay, another character that I, I we talked about it earlier, but like uh, cons that you care about. I yeah. like Swamp Thing. I like the pilot. I like Swamp Thing because I like MC Ganey. It's part. I think he, uh, yes. It's partly because because I like MC Ganey. The other thing I like about him is when Cyrus is out of the equation and Nick Cage is like, "I'm the fucking captain now. You're setting this yeah. thing down." He's just like, "All right, it was a fun ride." All right. Yeah, Whatever, we. Hey man, now. yeah, we tried. On the strip. He just wants to fly the plane. This yep. guy's, he's, and he doesn't, we never really see him do, like, a ton of violent shit, Mm-mm. you know? What the hell's yep. that one line that Dave Chappelle, he's like, he's like, he says the uh, Swamp Thing, he's like, you fucking hillbillies know the craziest shit, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, that's true. He fucking yep, pulls that's the, true. He pulls the transponder and wires it to a phone, and they, <laughs> that, that whole subplot's yep. hilarious, too, and they take the transponder out of the plane in Carson City, and they stash it in a tour, like a tour guide plane. And then later That's we just right because the the fucking sixteens or whatever. It's two Apaches. No, no, the Apaches. It's yeah, two Apaches, right. and I can't remember what the like the it, whatever the like uh, like the I, I can't remember what it's called, but that's the the Huey. Is it a Huey? No, are they? I think so. 
I don't, I don't remember the. There's three it's been main since I saw this. So. Yeah, there's three main copters they used in Vietnam, and it's the Apache, the well, Huey, Huey was, and then there's like one other. I can't. Maybe it's an. I want to say it's an M1. It's the one in Rambo too. Yes. Like, yeah. It's just kind of like the rounder one. The one where yep. they're like shooting out the. It's the one from fucking um, Full Metal Jacket where they're machine gunning mm-hmm. out the doors into the patties. Which I actually, I didn't. I didn't work on helicopters. I don't know their designations as well. Well, God damn it, Carl. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're all, oh, so when the Apaches come to, no, I don't want to skip, I don't want to skip ahead. But uh, Swamp Thing is flying the plane. He's like, uh, we're not going to make it there in time because we're flying too slow. The, the, the landing gear didn't come all the way up. They had to hustle out of Carson City, and they had to leave Dave Chappelle behind, but he did not oh, want to be left he, behind. He didn't get left behind, though. He got, Poor thing. Yeah, he got his ass broken into pieces by trying to climb up the landing gear, and he's dead now, holding the doors open. So Ving Rhames and Nicolas Cage, who are in the next movie that we're going to watch together, and they have phenomenal chemistry. They those, really do. I love those two actors together, dude. They are so awesome. Um... But they go down into the hold to clear the landing gear, and Nicolas Cage pulls up Dave Chappelle's his dead body. He pulls up what's his name? Pinball. He pulls Pinball. up Pinball's shirt yeah. and writes, because uh, they've already had contact with Larkin, the the dude whose plane this is. Yep. And so Cage knows this guy's name, and he's like Larkin, heading to Lerner Airfield. Also, uh, Dick dr- Dick with sprouting stuff going towards vagina drawing. Ah, oh, damn it! I've been in prison too long. Right. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> All right. Also, tell my dear butterfly that I will not be late for her birthday party. And also, tell Trish hugs and kisses. XO. What are you doing and- over there with that body? Uh, I'm touching its dick. <laughs> All right. Well, All be, right. be quick Carry about on. it. Be quick about it, hillbilly. Is that what he calls him? Yeah. Which I think so. You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? Sorry, Pulp Fiction. One of my favorite lines yep. in that whole thing. I'm gonna get stunned. <laughs> <laughs> bring yep. out the gimp. That is one of the craziest scenes in anything ever. Um, writes on the body. I thought the dumped body was pretty funny. Yeah, that's uh, we uh, we got a message for you, sir. What do you mean? Yeah, we was like, there's a body here. What's that got to do with me? It's got your name written got your all, name all over it. Over it. <laughs> like literally. Uh, Bird pointed out. No, never mind. Bird, Bird pointed out that Nicolas Cage has like five movies in his early. Ouvre, where he plays a criminal who does time but stays true to his girl and then is reunited with his girl at the end. Valley Girl, Wild at Heart, Con Air. It's like a it's like a theme in the early chunk of his career. Raising Arizona too. Yes, oh my god, way. how did I fucking miss that? H.I. McDonough meets his wife in jail, in prison. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh god, Holly Hunter's so good in that movie. Um so skipping it, skipping ahead just a bit, the uh, oh, what's his name, Malloy? Malloy jumps in a bunch of Apaches to go and track this transponder and shoot. We're that gonna fucker. get that fucker. Yeah, because <laughs> he can never quite hide his accent. He yeah, there's there is like a bit where it, he almost tries to like disguise it as like some indistinguishable city yeah. from some fringe part of the U.S. Like, is it a Brooklyn accent? Is it a? Uh... It sounds like a Scotsman trying to sound like an American. Shut your mouth, Larkin. We're gonna go fuck this man up. I mean, fuck <laughs> this man up. 
and it does kind of sneak in near the end. It does. It really whenever he's like really loud, whenever he's yelling, yeah. the Scott comes out like it, it can't pretty it, pretty it, thick. Can't not at volume. I mean, it's almost like yeah. clipping in audio. Like it's the Scott mm-hmm. just kind of breaks through the American accent. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like all right. Well, we're going up in the choppers. We're taking down this fucking plane, you fucking cunt. Well, what? Yeah. What was that last bit there? Sorry, I get excited when I mm-hmm. when there's cunt. I'm only I'm only thirty percent Scottish, but every once in a while, when I yell for some reason, it's in a Scottish accent, my, and I've never, you know, my great great grandfather was Scottish. <laughs> it comes through sometimes. My great great grandfather was actually. We have my my grandmother has letter had letters. From my great great grandfather and um, oh, the poet that wrote uh, to a mouse. We still get coward and timorous beastie. Shit, Burns. What? Robert Burns. I'm not sure. Anyway, Scottish poet. Anyway, so is that why Scottish kind of just drops out of you from time to time as well? I don't know. I never had a Scottish accent, but every once in a while. Oh my god. So, that was like your Scottish just there was like Cages Alabama just a titch. It was very much that. <laughs> it was v- more Irish Scottish slash Carl's a fucking <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm just reading my I'm just reading my fucking my notes. I love that so they go off to get the plane in their Apache helicopters. The Apaches have come to fuck up this tour. I, and all the, it's it's that cheesy-ass late 90s writing where, like, the tour guy's are like, this is a day you'll never forget. You guys are going to have memories of this for the rest of your life. And you're like, I don't know if I want to go on this tour. Like, what are we, what are you going to, right. what are you going to do to where us, we, man? What are we doing? Yeah, I thought we were just going to go see some mountains. You will literally bear the scars of this tour on your bodies for the rest of time. You're like, I'm not getting on this plane. <laughs> Fuck this. Nope, I told nope. I told you we shouldn't have signed up for this charter. I wanted to go to Disneyland, is what I right. wanted to do. Well, it's too you said, fucking expensive, you said, Janice. You said, let's fly through the Viking Mountains. It'll let's be fun. Go on an adventure, you said. You said Think of the memories, and now the pilot's telling me about the scars. I just want to get back in the car and get in some air conditioning. Can't we just go see a movie? Or whatever, but the Apaches roll up, heavy metal music's playing. I love the one pilot. If there's thirty, if there's thirty uh, convicts on that plane, I'm Elvis Presley. It's just an old woman crying out the window, looking at the Apaches. I wrote down, "Damn it, it isn't convicts." And I wrote down, "Easy, we just won't lead him as much." <laughs> Listen, bro, we flew Apaches a hundred miles. We are gonna shoot something. We're gonna down. shoot something down. Today. Okay. Do you know how much gas costs? Well, actually, not that much. In this universe, gas costs a dollar three. Dollar thirty-eight. It was a dollar three. A dollar three, or a dollar eight for premium. Why would you not get premium? Get oh premium. My God, Five for... cents a gallon difference. Yeah. What fuck the you. fuck? I know. It doesn't it make you mad. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about gas it's prices. Five seventeen at the peninsula. As market. absolutely oh, riveting oh, as a discussion of gas prices and international right. commerce yeah, might be to all of you, I think uh, I think I'm gonna put a pin in the episode right there, and uh, you can tune in tomorrow in part two of our discussion of Con Air drops right into your ears. See y'all next time. That was an Alabama accent. Did it sound good? Was that? Is that about right? Some more wolf? Wolf. No, that's not right at all. Shit. Alright, well, I'll have it by next week. Tune in.